Welcome back to another For the Win podcast. It's the NBA playoffs. I'm Thomas Johnson here with Daniel Palmore and Jack Hallinan. We'll jump right into it because it's the NBA. That's what's big. Daniel, do you have any favorites uh, coming out of the play-in tournament and going into the NBA playoffs? Uh, for the play-in tournament, I guess I'll start with the East. Um, I like Chicago to beat Miami tonight and get that eighth seed. Uh, I'll admit par- it's partially biased because I would rather play Chicago in the first round as a as a Bucks fan, as a guy who roots for the Bucks. But I just like the way the Bulls are playing right now, so I think they can beat the Heat. And then, honestly, I like the Thunder to beat Minnesota tonight also and get that eighth seed in the West. And then in terms of, I'll just go really quickly here, who I have making the finals, and I think it's going to be a rematch of 2021. I'm going to go Phoenix and Milwaukee to make the finals. Yeah, those lower seeds in the uh, in the nine ten matchups really showed a lot of fortitude um, on Wednesday night. I thought the Bulls going to Scotiabank Arena, which is a, a difficult place to play in a away game, especially a single elimination knockout. Um, and the Bulls were just mentality monsters. I mean, with Caruso playing hard nosed defense and uh, Demar Derozan getting it done on the other end. Uh, I also like the Bulls against Miami, um, especially Miami seems to be in this weird funk right now where Bam Adebayo was really struggling. Uh, against the Hawks, and they just could not take over that game. Um, on the other end, I am tentatively going to take the T-Wolves. Um, they, they're terrible vibes at the moment with the Gobert situation and their performance against the Lakers. Uh, they had it right until the fourth quarter, um, and and I really am not a fan of the atmosphere of that team, uh, but ultimately I think that Thunder team's run is just at an end. They have no size. Um, they have no true center. And Gobert is going to be back for this one, and he has plenty of issues in the playoffs, but usually those issues come up against um, other bigs who can really take it down against him. Um, and I just do not think the Thunder are going to be able to match his defensive presence. Um, so I'm going to go T-Wolves on the West and Bulls in the East. And right now for the finals, I'm looking at a potential Suns-Celtics finals matchup. It's going to take a lot for the Suns to get it together quickly. Kevin Durant hasn't played a lot of games, frankly. Um, but if any team can just make a run and blitz everyone in front of them, it's the Suns. Well, what's crazy is in the history of the play-in tournament, and this is the third year, there have been no 10 seed that has even won a game. And then both 10 seeds beat the 9 seed in the play-in tournament, which is just wild. And I think I'm going to agree with you guys. I have Chicago beating Miami. As a Hawks fan, I saw the Hawks dismantle Miami. Clint Capella played great. You're right, Bam Adebayo just didn't have a good game, but Clint Capella wiped the floor with him. So I really like Chicago. It would be so, so fun if the Thunder could come in and beat Minnesota because the the Minnesota's reeling right now. All of the off-the-court issues and the on-the-court issues, I mean, they needed AD to have the worst foul of his career against Mike Conley and have a godlike Mike Conley performance and hitting three straight free throws with the season on the line, which, I mean, even professional athletes, that's a very tall task. So Timberwolves are reeling. I I honestly want to see both 10 seeds make it into the NBA playoffs as an eight seed. Um, but NBA finals matchups, <clears throat> I think, I mean, the West is just so hard to predict. You're right. The Suns should have been the runaway favorites once they traded for KD. That is a stacked team, but we just haven't really seen that come up too much 
and chemistry is huge in basketball. We don't really know if they have that chemistry. Obviously, playing every game today or if throughout the playoffs will help them, but I kind of I kind of want the Nuggets, the Nuggets to do it. You know, follow the Giannis path, win a couple MVPs and then finally win the NBA Finals. So I like Jokic and the Nuggets out of the West. I honestly no, no, no. I can't pick them. It's going to be whichever team comes out of the East. So I think Bucks, Celtics, Bucks or Celtics are going to win the NBA playoffs this year. Well, I think we could be approaching a situation in the West where both the two and the three seeds lose their series. Um, the Kings, obviously, there's a ton of support for them coming into their, into their first playoff series in, what is it, 16 seasons. Um, but the Warriors are going to be better rested for those matchups than any other road trip they've done the rest of the season. I think there's going to be a lot of Golden State fans in Sacramento, frankly. And the Warriors are just ready to take it to town against their kind of little brother franchise. And on the other, the two-seed matchup, the Grizzlies are vulnerable right now, and the Lakers have been one of the best teams in the league since the All-Star break. Yeah, I mean, Jack, you mentioned Warriors fans and the and the travel. I definitely, I don't know if you guys saw how much those ticket prices are for game one, uh, around $500. Warriors fans are no strangers to high ticket prices, so I don't think that will stop them um, from making the trip out to SAC. And I think you brought up a good point. I, I just think the playoffs usually favor veteran teams who have been there before, who have experience, who know how to get it done in those clutch moments, because I think NBA playoffs in regular season are so different. Guys put up all these big numbers in the regular season. Like the Kings had have the highest they had the highest offensive rating in NBA history, I think, this past season. And I think the Mavs, like a year or two ago, also had the highest offensive rating. So a team is breaking that record every year. Guys are just putting up numbers in absurd ways. And that really buckles down in the playoffs. And it comes down to who can execute in those big moments. And the thing with the Kings is their defense just hasn't been that good this year, even though their offense has been um, extraordinary, extraordinarily well. And then when I look at the Grizzlies and the Lakers, you're right. I also think that the Lakers have a big opportunity to win a, win a playoff series. I'm not buying into the notion that they can go to the finals, but I do think that they can upset Memphis, mainly because I just think Anthony Davis can have his way with them with no Brandon Clark, no Steven Adams. I, of course, have respect for Triple J, Jaron Jackson Jr., probably going to win Defensive Player of the Year, but AD has had monster performances against the Grizzlies, and I think that'll continue in this first round. Yeah, I, I agree. I want the Lakers to win. I want to see a Lakers-Warriors second-round matchup, Steph versus LeBron. That would just be carry a lot of history, but I can't trust 38-year-old LeBron James to carry that Lakers team to the finals because he... No matter what, he's going to be that guy that has to take him there. AD, he can play out of his mind, but I think if LeBron's looking like a 38-year-old man on the court, if he can't play, I mean, however many minutes, he might have to play every single minute of every single game to carry them to the finals, and he's a 38-year-old. I just can't trust him to do it. So I, I really want a Lakers-Warriors matchup round two, but I honestly think the Warriors are going to meet the Nuggets in the Western Conference Finals, which would be an interesting matchup, to say the least, yeah. It would be crazy after the up-and-down season and ar arguably very disappointing season that they've had for the Warriors to kind of luck into a Finals run here. Um, they really struggled on the road all season. Uh, Steph missed a lot of games. That's not his fault. That's just injury. But, um, I, you know, I didn't think, let's say, a month ago, two months ago, that we'd be setting up and saying that the Warriors 
have a path to the conference finals and maybe even the NBA finals. But that's really how it's broken here for them with a relatively weak three seed in the Kings who, as Daniel was saying, their defense is probably not going to hold up at a playoff level. And when, when things slow down, they're probably going to look a little overwhelmed. Um, and the Lakers team that maybe makes it to the second round, even um, the Grizzlies team that makes it to the second round against the Warriors, that'd be a fun matchup given the kind of beef between the Grizzlies and the Warriors that we saw last year. Um, but yeah, I think it's it's arguably shaping up really nicely for the Warriors, uh, which I'm sure their fans will love to hear and everyone else in the NBA will hate to hear. Yeah, I mean, we talk about this, the Nuggets in these playoffs. I think this is a really big postseason for Denver because Nikola Jokic reigning back-to-back MVP. We look at last season, the Nuggets, he basically carried the Nuggets to a sixth seed without his two other best scoring options. And this year, they're healthy. Everyone's back. They did hit like a rough spot uh, towards the end of the season. I'm looking at it right now. In their last 10 games, they're 5-5. Five and five. But, you know, number one seed, home court advantage throughout the playoffs. I think this is their year to prove that they aren't just a regular season team because we've seen them make the conference finals before, but that was in the bubble. So I think they're, I think Nikola Jokic is quietly under quite a bit of pressure to make some noise in the postseason this year. Well, the thing is, they <clears throat> had that first seed locked in for almost a month. So I agree they hit a really, really rough patch towards the end of the season, but do you really have the motivation to play when it's literally nothing matters? You're already in the playoffs. You already have the one seed. And obviously another team could have caught them with an astronomical performance, but they really didn't need to play that well that last month to make the one seed. So I'm expecting a lot more motivation out of that team. They have a chip on their shoulder and they even have the playoff experience at this point, even getting bounced in the first round uh, a couple times. But I, again, really like Jokic, MPJ and uh, Jamal Murray out of the West. But uh, we, we can move over to the East a little bit. Is it, Honestly, for me, it's coming down to between the one and two seed, Bucks and Celtics. I, I know you're a Bucks fan, uh, Daniel. Do you think Bucks are gonna come out of the East? I do, but I say it, I say it with caution because I watched the Bucks and the Celtics match up three times this year, with that first matchup being on Christmas, which was a blowout. The Celtics blew out Milwaukee, and then the second matchup, the Celtics were basically playing a G League roster, and they took the Bucks to overtime, who were fully healthy, and then. The most recent matchup was one of the worst NBA games of the entire season when Milwaukee just got blitzed by 40. So there's something there with that matchup that really favors Boston over Milwaukee. And I think it it starts with Jason Tatum and Jalen Brown. I just don't know if the Bucks have the athleticism and the youth to to guard them on the perimeter. I say that I say they're gonna win the East. I just think that Giannis is good enough to carry them. He's that caliber player where he can just carry you to a series win. But I do say it with caution. And then uh, Jack, I know you, you might want to give your thoughts on this too, but maybe after we talk about uh, Bucks and Celtics, uh, the Sixers, I think we can all agree Joel Embiid is probably going to win MVP this year. And I don't think any of us predicted the Sixers to even make it to the conference finals. So I just think MVP, when it comes down to that award, Joel Embiid had a fantastic re- regular season. But I think Speaking of pressure, I think there could be some pressure on him to break through and make the conference finals this year as well. Yeah, I almost wish we could uh, use a time machine and, and put the 2021 Bucks against the Celtics team when Middleton was a little healthier and more spry, and, and you could actually see you know, Drew guarding 
Jalen Brown and, and Middleton guarding Tatum, um, I think that would be a much more uh, aggressive matchup, I guess. But uh, now with this kind of injured Middleton, it's hard to know exactly how the Bucks are going to match the Celtics on the wings. Um, we know Giannis is going to eat. Um, he always does. But it's, I think it is going to come down to to what extent can you prevent Tatum and Brown from both going off in every game. Um, and then, yeah, I think the Nets-Sixers series is going to be interesting um, just because of the recent trade history between those two franchises. Um, and Mikhail Bridges has been absolutely excellent offensively since uh, he was traded to Brooklyn. Um, but, you know, it's really hard to trust the Sixers in the playoffs. Uh, it's, it's just exceedingly hard to trust them because they've had some version of this roster around Embiid for year on year on year, and they just haven't done it yet. And as much as you want to believe in his quality and the MVP caliber season that he just had, um, you could easily see the Nets taking the Sixers to seven games and just eking it out. And, uh, you know, it's it's just really hard to see the net, the Sixers making it out of the East, not because of the quality of team they are or the quality of players that they have, but just because of the aura around them and the lack of ability to trust them in, in the postseason. I think uh, I do like the Sixers in that series, though. I agree it might go to seven games, but I just can't see anyone that can stop both Embiid and Harden on a night-to-night basis through seven games. So through a whole series, that's a really hard thing to do. Both are superstars. I know Harden's getting a little older, hasn't really shown that star power recently, but we are talking about the, who I think, Embiid, who will win the MVP. So stopping those two on a night-to-night basis is going to be really hard for the Nets. I just can't see anyone on that roster that can do both of that. I mean, they're a good offensive team, but I can't see anyone stopping the 76ers' offensive prowess. So I'm going to take the 76ers out of that series. Celtics are going to beat them, and then Bucks are going to dismantle Knicks, Cavs, eight seed, whichever ones come through them. So I think it's going to be Celtics, Bucks, Eastern Conference Finals. I'm going to pick the Celtics to face the Nuggets in the NBA Finals. Do we think the Cavs or the Knicks have any chance of beating the Bucks? Um, I give Cleveland a shot. I think Milwaukee would absolutely obliterate the Knicks. I just think the Cavs have a much better personnel when it comes to defending Giannis they got Jared Allen Evan Mobley and the I was looking at the votes recently Evan Mobley actually has a chance to maybe steal that defensive player of the year award from uh, Jaron Jackson there were leaked votes that were coming out and he was getting a lot of first place votes and Donovan Mitchell just takes his game to another level in the playoffs he hasn't had the success in terms of winning but that's not all his fault but he shows up for playoff games we saw him in the bubble drop what was it, like 57 points, like the highest scoring playoff game since uh, MJ's 63 in the Garden. And Darius Garland is an exceptional guard. The Cavs just have a great roster. I think they can, I don't know if they would beat Milwaukee, but I think they could definitely make that a tough series for them, a tougher one that they would expect. Yeah, I, I think that series probably goes to six or seven games. I mean, they have a really young roster. I just don't think this is their year, but i really excited to see Hopefully, Evan Mobley is the one that guards Giannis. That's probably going to be Jarrett Allen, maybe Evan Mobley uh, in a couple times. But I'm really excited to see that matchup between the those three, honestly. And Donovan Mitchell is going to be motivated in that series to kind of get it against the Knicks, who ultimately didn't trade for him, even though he's a hometown guy for them. They didn't want to put up the uh, as many picks or whatever. 
um, the Jazz we're requesting. I'm sure Mitchell is going to be extra motivated for this first round series. And then I think just going back to the Bucks really quickly in terms of that Celtics matchup, if it were to happen, if they do get past Cleveland, I think the one thing you got to be optimistic about is that they are the one seed, so they will have home court, but they also avoided that side of the bracket where they would have to play Boston or Philadelphia in the second round, and it's set up so that the two teams will have to play each other before one of them plays Milwaukee. So if you're the Bucks, you're maybe thinking the Sixers who – I think honestly match up a little bit better with Boston than uh, the Bucks do. Maybe they could do their dirty work for them and eliminate them so they can play Philadelphia instead. But I just the chances of that happening, I don't I don't think they're very high. Jack, like you said, it's just hard to trust Philadelphia in the later rounds in the postseason. Well, before we move on to some baseball, I have one question for you. Do you guys like the play in tournament? Or do you think we should go back to where the 7 and 8 seed just automatically make the playoffs and we just go into bracket play immediately. I think it's generally fun, um, and I don't like hate it by any means, but I definitely think there are some seasons where you're going to end up with 9 and 10 seeds with much, 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 much worse records than the 7 and 8 seeds who would otherwise be in it, and then you know you give them an opportunity to sneak into the playoffs when on the balance of the regular season work, they really didn't deserve it. So I think it's kind of a case-by-case basis. I generally have fun with the games, but... Uh, there's definitely going to be some teams in the future who feel hard done by a single elimination format like that. Um, I'm kind of in the same boat. I'm I'm okay with the playing tournament. This year's tournament has been better than I expected, but I also really see the argument and kind of tend to lean towards it that it's kind of, I guess, unfair is the word I would use that a team, both teams and both conferences who play their butt off all season to get that seven and eight spot can lose it in an instant if they lose one game to a nine ten team or they lose two games to teams that were lower than them who were under 500, and they just steal that playoff spot. So I definitely see that argument where it's it's not it's not good. But I think it gets high ratings, especially with this year. It's been really good, so I don't see it going away anytime soon. Yeah, I agree. I, I'm not a huge fan of it just because like it almost makes the regular season obsolete uh, pretty much. But what I will say is this year has been crazy. I mean – there has not been a single year where I think a seven seed has lost their first game until this year. And there has never been a 10 seed who has won their games until this year. And then both 10 seeds on each side of the bracket won and have the chance to make it in as an eight seed. So again, competitive advantage in the playoffs, I think no matter what, seven and eight seeds going to get crushed anyway. Might as well have some fun in the play-in tournament, but I think it's kind of unfair to the seven and eight seeds, um, but we'll uh, we'll move on from some basketball fun discussion right there, move to some major league baseball, and talk a little Tampa Bay Rays. They uh, just yesterday hit thirteen and zero, which ties a modern MLB record, uh, matched the thirteen win start of the nineteen eighty two Atlanta Braves and the nineteen eighty seven Milwaukee Brewers, and that's that's a modern record, but the only longer opening streak. 20 and 0 by the 1884 St. Louis Maroons of the Union Association. So 20 and 0, insane start, but it was also well over a century ago. But do you guys when when do you guys think this streak is going to end? Tampa Bay Rays playing the Blue Jays up next, really tough team. Do you think history will be broken tonight? Do you think they'll get to 14 wins or do you think the streak ends here? 
I mean, you know, there's so many baseball regular season games. It's kind of a coin flip as to whether or not they do it tonight and, and get the new record. But I do think their uh, record is not going to last past this, this series against the Blue Jays. Blue Jays are second in, uh, in the AL East um, with the Rays. Uh, they also have big bats like Vladimir Guerrero Jr. I think uh, whether it's tonight, tomorrow night, the night after, one of these nights, the Rays are going to uh, lose against the Blue Jays. Why not? Yeah, I think I think they're going to win tonight, uh, keep it, uh, or today, sorry, and extend that record. But when you look at what the Rays have done, just in terms of the differential and how they're winning these games with the runs, their recent series against the A's, the f- final two games, they beat the A's 11 to zero both times. I mean, when I, when I saw that at first, I thought that was like a glitch on my computer. Cause I didn't even know that they had done that back to back games. And then when you look at the competition, they're playing, they're beating the, they're beating up on the bad teams keeping it close with the good teams. So yeah, I, I like them to extend uh, their winning streak today. Yeah. I mean, they, they just haven't really played good teams. Detroit, bad team, Washington, bad team, athletics, bad team. And Boston was five and four going into their series against them. They're now five and eight. Not a great team. So, the Blue Jays' first actual good opponent. We might all look like fools in a couple hours. We have five hours until that game. We're recording this Friday morning. Ten. It's now ten fifty-eight uh, PST. So, just be aware that we might all look like fools probably when you listen to this. But I, I'm picking them to lose today. They don't make history, unfortunately, but that is all the time we have uh, for this For the Win podcast. I'm Thomas Johnson. Thanks for tuning in here with Daniel Palmore and Jack Hallinan. Have a great day.